welcome back to Made in the 80s, a podcast about the 80s by people who are made in the 80s. I'm Shalia, and we have Tim and Kendon. Hi, guys. Another week. It's been, it's, it's amazing to me how much can happen in a week. Just yeah. life, man. Lots going on, even during COVID. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, this week's episode is our second in spooky October for 2020. Christine, Tim, this movie exists. Yes. <laughs> this is your first time seeing it? I, this is my first time seeing it. This is my, I, I could not believe this movie was real, like, as you're watching it. I mean, like. Nuts. It had a, it had a long run on basic cable. Kind of long. Really? Yeah. Tim, I've heard of this movie called Rubber. Have you ever seen this movie? Yeah. Uh-huh. Is it worth me watching? No. Because it seems. It seemed like the sequel to this movie or a spiritual successor. The spiritual successor would be like the blob. Oh, I was thinking <laughs> drone, your birthday movie. Yeah, drone. <laughs> the blob from the 80s is probably. Well, we are friends going to talk about Christine later in the show. I'll put the timestamp in the show notes. And let's do some uh, checking in, checking up. So mm-hmm. I would, I'd like to start by saying rest in peace to Van Halen. Yeah. That was really sad news this week. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was reading a story about how he played on one of Michael Jackson's songs. Was it, was it Beat It? What song was it? One of the songs. But anyway, he played for free and didn't want to get paid and just wanted to wanted some beer. Because he didn't want to go through any of the paperwork. He was like, yeah, I'll play. Just give me a six pack and whatever and I'll play it. Is it Beat It that has that guitar yeah. solo in the middle? Is that the one you're thinking of? Yeah. Oh, okay. Just did it and just like, yeah, don't need to credit it. Just pay me in beer. We're good. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. In, in other sad news, Kendon. Wait, let's not, let's make sure everybody knows this isn't on the same scale. No, definitely not in the same scale as losing Van Halen. Van was pushed back until 2020, late 2021. I knew this was happening, early 2021. Wait, what do you mean you knew this was it's happening? A- you didn't warn me? No, I knew it was happening because they moved Batman. Yeah. Mm. So you're not going to have Batman and Dune open in the same month in the same studio. You're not doing that. Can't, can't Dune at least be a summer movie? It seems appropriate. It depends on what else they have on schedule for that summer. You're right, but it depends on what's, what else is scheduled for that summer. Yeah, is, I'll tell you, I saw it coming, but... Kendon was so excited that it hadn't been pushed that we were like, well, maybe. I mean, I'm now, I'm in the, what is it? The stages of grief. Like, yeah. I think Shalia was going through those and there's the bargaining. Shalia was like, Disney, yeah. I'll pay you for Mulan. Right. I'm like, I'm like, listen, it's Warner? Is Warner doing this? Warner Brothers. Yeah. yeah uh, listen, put it out on, um, what do you, <laughs> on video on demand. And I will actually, I will pay for me and several friends to go and watch it in IMAX. I'll buy a half dozen tickets to watch it in IMAX in a year. I want to see the story. Then I want to see it the size of an apartment building. But at least you're still getting it. Okay. I don't, like, this is awkward, but I always think when, like, big major things come out of the people who passed away in between finding out about it and when it comes out. Like, imagine somebody who was just, was it one of the Dark Knight movies or something where it was like a kid got to watch it, uh, uh, like, as a Make-A-Wish? Star, you Star made me Trek. tell the story. Yeah, Star Trek, A Dark Knight, um, 
Star Wars, all of them. Are any of these big franchises, there's always someone who loves them and just is like... Now, this sounds super dramatic. I understand. But as somebody who's a huge fan of this, who's been waiting for a long time, love, like, and was like, okay, this is coming out. This has been a tough year, whatever. Nothing is granted. Like, so I'm like, oh, I'll just watch it next year. As if next year is going to be a normal world that I still exist as I am now in. And around. I, I am too, but the thing being is that this pandemic is kind of a crazy thing to have happened. Um, something else kind of crazy that's not world ending could happen that then all of a sudden, like, I don't know, what if we all lose electricity? I don't know. I'm just, so I'm just thinking, I'm like, every time you delay you, these things, it literally means maybe I'll never see it. Here's what I'm going to offer to you, because I know you're sad about it, and so I'm not going to be little that, and I'm not going to minimize it. <laughs> No, I, I, it is very disappointing news. Um, but if any of those things happen, we're going to be more upset about those things than we are going to be about Dune at that point. And I think that you are going to. You're making exactly my point. <laughs> I'm going to be upset about something else. <laughs> like, you're going to be okay. Your movie's going to come out. Yeah, I'll be fine. I'm going to be fine. And Please also. Say, you're going to have other things to worry about if the world falls apart. If you pass away before Dune comes out, I think it. <laughs> I don't think that that's what we're going to be thinking about. It's no. all oh, he didn't get to see Dune. <laughs> it's going to be what I'm thinking about. Maybe they have an advanced copy somewhere in heaven. You can watch it. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe in the good place. Yeah, you see, you'll, you'll be in the good place. See it before us. <laughs> uh, or the bad place. Or the bad place. Even so, you'll probably get to see it before <laughs> us. Okay, other news. No, it turns out it's going to be the David Lynch version. No, right. Oh, God. Kingdon, some other I actually kind of liked that movie, but still. Yeah, you did. Wait, David Lynch, new news. Uh, please tell me it's about Mindhunter. It's about The Expanse trailer. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's coming back in December. There you go, babe. Ready for that? They also have uh, like a scale model of the Rosinante, which is the main ship um, yeah. coming out. But um, <clears throat> speaking of series, DC's Green Lantern gets greenlit at HBO Max. They're doing a Green Lantern series about the Green Lantern Corps. On HBO Max? Yep. I'll take it. I'll My take man. it as a, as a consolation. This is ordered 10 one-hour episodes. So I mentioned the Phil Mento uh, YouTube channel last mm -hmm. week. I don't know if I, remember, if I mentioned the, one of the ones I was watching, which was about Green Lantern versus Iron Man and how they kind of came out around the same time and were trying to do the same thing, but Green Lantern had more of a difficulty, and they also made a horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was, I realized, I, at the time, I was like, oh, this is a bummer, because Green Lantern, after Batman, was like my favorite of the DC characters, to the degree that I'm into DC. Mm -hmm. um, and I did not realize the knock-on effects. He is a member of the Justice League, a full-on... Yes. Regular ass member of the Justice League mm -hmm. who they just left out. It's not even like leaving out the Martian Manhunter, which is still a big still, deal. Yeah, they left him out. They full left him out because of a failed movie. I, th I mean, well, they had to have tell. the character ready. Huh? I feel like they had to have the character ready. But, but, so how, was add not, him, but how is he not in the story? That's like doing an X-Men movie without Beast. It'd be weird. Like, why is Beast not in here? But Beast wasn't, right? Like, in those X-Men that were in high school. He was he in was. the second one. 
No, he was in the first one. Was he? Hank McCoy, he showed oh, up in the second one as a scientist, the first right? One, the first one as a scientist, the second one as. Oh, okay. Hmm. Well, no, because it was Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer wasn't in the first movie. Yeah. I yeah, I don't think he was in the first one. He was a scientist, though, right? Like a, it's like an Easter egg. That's maybe. possible. Well, maybe maybe there's an Easter egg in our other Justice League. We don't know yet. Just yeah. <laughs> like no, no. <laughs> people people tear this stuff apart. Yeah, right? especially, especially now. You're Actually, eighty nine Easter eggs. Like there's eighty nine. <laughs> we I know the, these 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 uh, clickbait titles. As far as Easter eggs, for instance, they had they showed Wakanda apparently, and in the background in Iron Man two, right? Yes. So if it was gonna be an Easter egg like that, it, I don't know, it'd be some. Green Lantern Corps reference or something in one of these movies, and somebody would have been like, "Oh, they're talking about Green Lantern." They're yeah. they're not even acknowledging Green Lantern. Now, to be mm-hmm. fair, the only alien then is Superman, right? Because yeah, I, I guess if you're going to keep out the Martian Manhunter at the same time, that would be adding in a lot of weird alien stuff. But it's it's not because Supergirl's going on. Yeah, they can establish that. They just it's a choice not to. They went with this story arc. It's fine. And I, now I need to back up because Steppenwolf was in it. Steppenwolf. Yeah. Even in, <laughs> and, and even during that fight at the beginning when they're showing the big fight when Wonder Woman's telling the story, there is a lantern who gets killed. Can we see the ring fly away? Oh, okay. So I'm talking about a movie I haven't watched. Oh, Justice League. <laughs> so in Justice League, you see the, the ring fly away. Oh, great. It doesn't like it. You no, know, it'd be a great Easter egg is the ring landing somewhere. Yeah, and seeing you don't even have to. You can see just a person walking up to it. You don't even have to cast. You could be, I could. It could be me in like a shadow walking up to the ring. Like you, know, you, you can see. Shalia's looking at me a certain way because I haven't watched the movie and I'm talking about it. But Tim didn't call me out for for it for him not being there. I mean, that's still the point. He's not yeah, in the movie. He's a the, major part of the of the Justice League, like a so founding member. Yeah, hopefully they rectify with this show. I think if Warner Brothers is smart, they'll put a lot of their properties and they can test them on HBO Max to see how they play and see how fans react. And you can sort of build a foundation for this character. So when you put them in a the film, you don't have to do a bunch of backstory. You don't have to do like a origin story. You can just say, oh, we know who this person is because we've had 10 hours of watching this story. We know who the enemies are. So it's smart if they do it that way. I'm going to promote a character who I know very little about because I've never read much about him. The question. But I'd love to see a question. The question would be great. The question now, to be, be fair, I, I, I'm more familiar with Rorschach, which is basically a question. Knockoff. Knockoff. Yeah. But that would be a great series. So, Shalia, you know who the question is? No, I don't. So he's got like a blank face instead of a Rorschach mask, right? Yeah. Blank so face. he's... He's basically a detective with a blank face. And I just think it's a really cool, a blank face mask um, that they based Rorschach off of. And I think that would be a really great like detective series, like kind of a superhero detective. I mean, we kind of had, we had Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. So you could kind of understand a little bit of the tone. It, it would be really cool. It reminds me, it would be something like Seven, but not as dark. <laughs> not as dark as Seven? Not as dark as Seven, but you know... You're you're dropping to the store this detective and he's investigating these very bizarre crimes because they're involved superheroes. Yeah. So the crimes are different and the people he's coming to are different. His 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 you know his mo his methods have to be different. His 
informants are different, like all, all that. Of that. Yeah. yeah. And it would be fun. You can sort of play with that. I mean, it reminds me a little bit. We've been watching, uh, Chile has been watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I pop in and out. Mm-hmm. And um, one thing I like about it is that it's this world where it's like, oh, all this stuff happens. And there's like regular human beings running around like on ground level. It's like, oh, Loki Scepter exists. And yeah. it's not Iron Man who can handle going up against Loki Scepter. It's regular people mm-hmm. <laughs> for whom this is actually an, an, like a, an immense situation. It's a threat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a threat for real. Yeah. So going back to Filmento, Kendon, did you want to clear the record, set the record straight at all after your uh, mom checked you a couple times last week? Apparently, Krakosia is the name of a city near Azerbaijan, not okay. a country. Okay. So Kendon has done some research, and he <laughs> it's uh-huh. not a country that he's referring to it's a city i have not fact checked him and his mom's not here this week to check and make sure his research is legit but <laughs> friends kind of now <laughs> yeah <laughs> feels I'm, a little better I, but I'm, I'm not even convinced that this guy is from that place now i i don't i don't know but it's i looked it up it's a real place it's a city um, you got, do you guys have any news yeah so one bit of news that i thought was interesting is that the rock has over 200 million followers on Instagram. And apparently that's like the most for anyone. Well, the the post American and the post that I saw was American man. So I was wondering if there are women who have more than that. Oh, it's gotta be what? One of the the winners? Kylie. I think it's Kylie. Yeah. I figured I was like, ah, but I was like, that's cool. Brock has that. I don't know. For me, I was like, I mean, I mean, he's cheating because I probably, I have two Instagram accounts and I might be following him on both. So he's cheating. (laughs) Um, So I thought that was interesting news. And then the other exciting news that I have is um, named Otis. So Tiala and Jono have gotten a new kitten named Otis. And he's adorable. He's a gray tabby. He's six months old. And they got him from, so he's like super (laughs) chill. And so New York, they went and they found like, there's like these like, pockets of just a whole bunch of cats just living outside i'd say in the wild but it's like in a warehouse or you know just around and what they'll do is they'll go and collect them all and do the spay and neuter um and then put them back so they're wild cats um but they want to make sure that they're not (laughs) reproducing so they they do like a spay and neuter neuter program but they found Otis, his name wasn't Otis then, but they found him and he's just so chill that they were like, this is not a wild cat. This cat Mm. could totally live in a house. They gave him to a vet whose wife fosters and takes care. Well, I guess the vet does too. They have 50 cats and 10 Mm. dogs, five zero. Uh, And so, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So they, yeah. So Tiala and Jono found him on Pet Finder because um the woman posted a a, like a six minute video of him and was basically like we have like an outdoor area that's like protected or covered or enclosed or something for all of these animals but like this guy is so chill that like we don't want we don't want him to lose that as he grows up in this like we love him and i will totally keep him but he would be really great in a home uh 
to himself. And so if anybody, like, she just kind of was like, I want, I want better for him almost. Right. And so Tiala and Jono went and uh, got him and he's at the house and it's really exciting and fun. So that's, that's some happy news for this week. So somebody here, I'm going to give you guys just a little bit of a, a trivia fact. Hit us. Hit us um, some facts. The, the cat population of the island of Cyprus near Greece mm-hmm. is 1.5 million cats in that, on that island. What do you think the uh, population of people is? Well, everybody has two cats, right? That's the American family, two cats and a dog. Oh, these are feral cats. Yeah, so like I'd say 500,000. There's 1.2 million people. So Cyprus is just known for this like overabundance of cats. And it's funny that you were talking about how New York is having this thing where they're going out and spaying and neutering. I think they've attempted that, but when you're outnumbered by cats like that. <laughs> I just, I was picturing, I haven't seen it in New York, but I was picturing the cats of Rome um, kind of situation where like they just like live in this, it's like underground kind of tunnel type. So you've seen the pictures. I'll show you sometime, Tim, uh, the pictures of Tunisia when I was in Tunis. Yeah, of the, of the cats. You would have liked that too. My friend was giving me a, a difficult time. He was like, I don't want my coworkers to find out that you got scratched by some feral cat and had to go to some clinic. He's like, you're not allowed to touch it. You're Do not allowed not to touch the cat, cats. <laughs> I don't have to take you to the doctor and everybody know. Yeah. Anyway, that's my news. Kendon, did you have any news? Yeah, mine was the <laughs> any other news no nothing uh, major important now so i'm gonna move us into what have you been doing and i'm gonna take the first um turn because what you guys are talking about is very connected to what i've been doing so first of all in terms of this like idea of green lantern being a tv series i think it's really good idea and i'm saying that because i have uh continued on my marvel um, adventure and um, basically we've made it to Age of Ultron which is the okay. second Avengers movie and what is so fun to me is that I'm watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and I'm catching so much backstory and additional just information leading into Age of Ultron that I did not know going into that movie like you watch I just watched the movies before so I'm watching Avengers and then we go and watch it Avengers Age of Ultron and it fits and it ties into that other movie but now I'm realizing I mean episode 19 of season two the twins and Loki Scepter have been taken to Sokovia we need to we need to do Theta Protocol let's Mm -hmm. call in the Avengers and I'm like oh shit like yeah that's right they are going to call in the Avengers and realizing like that first scene of Avengers Ultron when the Avengers are like coming in and approaching like for me, I'm like, oh, like we're, you know, we're just plopped into this random scenario that's going to start this movie. But now I'm like, no, no, that was just naturally the next scene to the story of, okay, now here go, like, we're going to call in the Avengers to go to Sokovia. And then they do. Um, so it's, this is a bigger level problem than the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. can deal with. Well, but it's just, it's so interesting. I like it. And um, Raina actually predicts it. She's like, they're going to be men and men of steel or metal men yeah. in our, like she's, she's predicting things that are going to happen in that movie. And it's so fun because like they do. And I know, cause I've seen the movie, but I haven't seen these shows before. So it's just, it's really fun. And I, I'm interested 
Tim, did you watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at that point? Like, did you, did. so do you remember um, watching it and then going and watching the movie and yeah, how they, they, they fit? Yeah, they did a good job of tying stuff in. That is so cool. So every time a movie come, will come out, I'll be like, ooh, how did I try to tie this in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? And they do a really good job. I know season one when they were talking about the incident. Yeah. And they would always reference what happened in New York. I was like, okay, she's so gonna bring the stuff up. But they they did a better job moving forward with sort of tying in the films. Yeah, they really did. It's it's so fun. So that's one thing that I'm doing. And then also related, not because of the same thing, but because it's been an issue, is foreshadowing. So we talked about this, uh, we've talked about this a couple of times. I have a really hard time understanding foreshadowing. I have I have never gotten it ever just you know like as a youth as a teenager in all of my classes and you know <laughs> english classes or whatever and they've tried to explain it to me it's never made sense mm -hmm. so kendon has been working with me this week Good. on trying to identify when foreshadowing is happening and it's really confusing a little bit because these easter eggs and all of these things that are in the stuff that we're watching like kendon just mentioned the wakanda in the background during iron man 2 i'm like so it's foreshadowing and it's an Easter egg. I'm confused because <laughs> apparently not every Easter egg is foreshadowing, but some Easter eggs are. I think it's also debatable, right? Uh, you have to, okay, so first thing that really helped is foreshadowing is something that is within the literature, like the the person writing the text. It has, it's not something that the... Uh, that the characters inside of the narrative understand. Yeah, so what's been helpful to me is thinking that this is the author writing to me, because when I watch stuff, I'm not thinking about the writers. I'm thinking about, like, I'm in the characters. Uh, so Kendon's talking about, like, when Odin is talking to young Thor and young Loki and saying you were both, both born to be kings, mm -hmm. that the author knows that he means that Loki was is supposed to be king of the Frost Giants, the audience and the kids don't know that at that point. Although we kind of do because if for anybody who's read the comics or whatever, but in terms of the movie, that that's foreshadowing because we're going to find out later that he, it had like a double meaning. Um, so it's interesting. What I've, I, I've now, especially with Christine, I've, I, I was able to identify quite a few uh, examples of foreshadowing. I realized, Tim, that, that it's, I don't know about subjective, but it also has something to do with scale. Right, you don't foreshadow trivial things. No, bigger. Right? It, yeah, funny. it's major reveals that get foreshadowed. Yeah. Okay. Well, one foreshadow that we did notice that Kendon noticed was in Agents of Shield. Gemma tells Sky that mm -hmm. she should have shot Ward in the head. You should have yeah. shot him in the head. And Kendon's like, "Oh, that's interesting because." Thor really should have aimed for the head, mm -hmm. right? But the thing is, is they Ward's are... Ward's a great character, by the way. Oh, he's d tough. D so I this person it. said this during Age of Ultron, no. or right before Age of Ultron. So mm -hmm. the, the for it to actually be foreshadowing, they had to have already known that Thor was going to not uh, throw an axe at Thanos' head five years later. So are you saying that when you're writing a story, you have to know what you're going to put in there? Yeah, the way you... It's you can't it's tie literary... it in later to be like, hey, I said that thing, let's make that foreshadowing and put it in. Because I don't know the end of the story. I think you could technically but do like, that. It's a very messy way to do things. I, I mean, thought it's, it tied it's in pretty nice. writing. Is, I, I feel like foreshadowing 
is a literary technique that requires you to kind of write backwards. You have your reveal, you have your major thing, right. and then you go backwards and um, sprinkle breadcrumbs or whatever. It's like, it's like when I, it's like, like the if I'm doing a, 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 what do you call it? Like a, not a hide and go seek, but like hiding eggs or, or something mm -hmm. like that. You find the place you want to hide something and then you give hints retroactively on how to find that thing. Okay, I got you. So it's the opposite of a callback. Like the, the shoot for, should have aimed for the head is a callback to Gemma, maybe, to Gemma having said that to Sky five it years ago. Yes. But if they, but, or it could have been foreshadowing if it was already written, if they already knew that was going to happen, it was if foreshadowing. They already knew, but if they wrote it later, it's a callback to this other thing they did. Yeah, it's more like a callback. Cool. Yeah. And we might not know, right? Like as an audience who doesn't know when everything was written, it may be that the author wrote it as foreshadowing or a callback if they, if, if the, it's not The reason so why I'm, I'm so hesitant on this is the scale of the amount of people working over different medias over multiple mm -hmm. years um that I, I if this was all one person writing all of this then i would i might agree with you what's their foreshadowing we were looking at i don't remember what the example was but we watched uh the departed which is another thing that we did and i, I trying to remember movie. what the example was but there was some foreshadowing that right mm -hmm. yeah. the sons all that murdering and fucking and no sons. Matt Damon says that to Jack Nicholson. And yeah. Tim, I, this is, I've watched this movie many, many, many times. Yeah. At, at Leo's funeral. Mm -hmm. And um, what's her face? It's just like crying. And um, Formagia? Formagia? And you Matt Damon is looking at her. And it's for the first time I realized like, oh shit, that son, not Matt Damon's. Oh, you didn't know that? No. Oh, no. I think I might have taken that on face value, but then I realized, oh, yeah, they had sex once, what? and they've been sprinkling in earlier that he was having sexual problems with her. Yes. That yeah. Yeah. And he did say that, all of that murder and sex and no sons, and it's like, it's you, Matt Damon, actually. Yeah. It's yeah, one. so it's, it's, it, that's a pretty good example, I think. So I think we found some, some good ones. So the only other thing that I've been oh Game of Thrones is the ones we've really found because oh, it starts off it starts off with the 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 stag having killed the direwolf yeah but I think it's 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 written that way yeah absolutely and that's why I was it's saying written. you have to Shalia says she doesn't look she's a very literal person and so she doesn't look at things as something that's been written mm -hmm. so Game of Thrones there's no way that he sat down and wrote chapter one then chapter two then chapter three then chapter four. He had a whole story and knew that jo that Joffrey was going to do X. Mm -hmm. And so I could set that up way down the line. Yeah, it's a little more difficult because I am also literal in terms of like the example he's using of the stag and the dire wolf. I'm like, nah, -uh, I don't. <laughs> Unless the stag also killed the dire wolf dad. I'm not, I'm not following this. I don't think it works. But anyway, so the other thing that I did, the final thing that I did is I watched the vice president debate. And I saw in real life that fly land on Pence's head. Fly. I didn't see it. I saw it happening. I happened to be standing at the, the TV because um, I was turning up the volume and we don't have a remote for it. <laughs> so I was standing there and I was like, what's that that just fell on his head? And then I thought it might be microphone foam because I was like, what is that? And then I was like, oh, no, that's a fly. 
really interesting, really, really funny. Um, and it ties into the other thing that I saw, which is, I think it was like for Ellen maybe, but Tiffany Haddish has a video clip where she pretends to be the moderator and asks Kamala questions and asks him questions. And it's really, really funny. So it was, um, it was, it's, yeah, it's been funny. And also just having to like been one of those, you know, millions of people who saw that happen and be like, oh my gosh. Um, and then I forgot the other thing that I did is called Zoom Where It Happens. Have you guys heard about Zoom Where It Happens? No. From you. Okay. So Zoom Where It Happens is, I actually don't know who does it, but I saw it on Regina King's uh, Instagram. And so I signed up to participate. It's a live Zoom. And they do a reading of episodes of 227. Do you remember that show, oh, yeah. uh, Tim? Show. She was on that show. Yeah, she was on that show. So she wasn't in this Zoom Where It Happens, but... Um, it was, I'm forgetting everybody's names, but Blair Underwood plays all of the male characters. <laughs> so Jack A was there? Yes. Yep. And um, anyway, it's just fun. Like they're just doing a live reading and they're really good at it. And it is funny. And uh, Wanda Sykes was on it. Um, and anyway, I, if anybody just kind of has nothing to do in an evening and wants to just enjoy something, it's, it's fun to know that they're doing it live. The fun is a funny show. Yeah, it's a, it is a very funny, so the pilot, I think, is the one that I watched, and it was really funny. Very, very funny, and the, the actors are amazing, they're really good, you know, with zero props, Blair Underwood had some hats, but aside from that, like, no props, just them doing this amazing. And also I just like there's something intimate about knowing that they are doing it live. Like that right yeah. now they're reading it. Like they don't know I'm there. It's millions of people watching this, but it's really cool to feel that way. And it's part of um I think like encouraging people to vote. And so they start with some information about voting and why it's so important and um try to, you know encourage everyone to register and to have a voting plan and to vote. And that reminds me the other, the final thing that I did, I know this is a lot. The final thing that I did was watch this series on Netflix called Whose Vote Counts Explained. Uh, Carme likes to pick, like I said, learning television. And so this is, I think it was like three or four episodes of kind of the history of voting, um, talking about racism and suppression of voting and how like the fight for voting rights uh, because even though voting was a thing, it wasn't recognized as a constitutional right for a lot of people, right? So, you know, just talking about that, and there was one where they talk about the money and how money and like politics is so important, but like most of the time, the person with the most money isn't the one who wins. So it's it's a factor, but it's not the only factor. Anyway, I highly recommend it. It was really interesting. And that's it. What have you guys been doing? Oh. Well. I watched uh, The Departed with you. <laughs> you did watch it's The Departed. Still a great movie. Um, the Rat at the End maybe is just a little too much. A little too on the nose. I kind of like it because I just, because at the, like, after all of the serious intensity of that movie and the little rat, and I just throw my hands up and go, okay, movie. Yeah. Well, I know I, there's some people who are very I, bothered by that. I'm waiting for the rat to get shot. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was, it was. <sighs> It was a nice like tone end. Like you just went through all of this over the top, over the top. We know it's over the top. Here you go, the end. I just it 
felt like I laughed at it. Like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. She's a rat. Like, it's it's good. It's really good. Mark Wahlberg, though, I think is there's a great, great, great performances, but his character in that is just he steals the show, which so is funny because. He's stealing the show from Jack Nicholson of all people, mm-hmm. and Jack Nicholson. It was fun. It was fun to watch, having fairly recently rewatched the Batman movie for mm-hmm. the podcast, right? Because he's kind of playing the same character as the Joker, or as Jack Napier at very least, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. This this mob, this mob boss, do whatever I want sort of situation. Um, I really like that movie. It's really well plotted. I bring it up partially because Tim. I have not seen it, but have you watched Infernal Affairs? It's a, is it the South Korean movie it's based off or a Hong Kong movie? No, I've never watched that. But yeah, I've heard about it. I've never watched it. I'm really tempted to watch this, to, to finally get around to watching it, because that's the movie that this is based off of. Um, anyways, so that was a lot of fun. Um, what else? We, oh, <laughs> two other things. First of all, we started The Boys. Finally, which Tim was just telling us uh, that uh, that the final episode of the season has um, taken place. So I mostly want to bring it up because there's a catchphrase on there that I, I'd love to make use of somewhere. Um, this isn't plot spoilery at all, but um, B- Billy Butcher is very British, and there's some recreations of a scene from the previous season. And they have somebody else playing him. So it's like an in-world true crime recreation. And he's constantly saying, shut up, you dumb bird, before I bollocks you. <laughs> and the way that he says it, Carl, Carl Urban is Urban's hilarious. Great. This, new episode, this new season is really fun. Um, they've got an, Insta, like an Instagram, what do you call it, uh, influencer oh. superhero. They've got some superheroes involved. The one from Portland. Would you call that her an Instagram influencer or super social media influencer? Stormfront? Yeah. I don't know if I'd say that. That's her whole shtick. What do you call that then? What would you refer to that as? How far are you into the show? Okay, fine. I'm in the second episode, yeah, and no, she no. constantly has her phone pointed at her with <laughs> with all the likes and all the comments on her live stream. Well, they they, so. they explain that later on in the show. Okay, I wouldn't call her that. <laughs> Fine, she's like, a superhero for the internet age. Whatever, or not even internet age. We've been in the internet age. Um, social media, you can say yeah, social media. You can have age. like Instagram has is part of it. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Anyways. Great show. Um, and then I watched the COVID special for South Park. I didn't watch it. Did. You haven't watched either of you guys haven't watched it? No, I haven't watched it yet. Oh man. You recommend it. I highly recommend it. I almost wanted to pause to send to show you the one minute um video that I sent out to my family. Um but it's touching it touches on all like all of these different issues that have happened over the last six, yeah. six seven it, months. Matt, Matt and Trey have been really good at doing that since the late 90s. That's been the thing that keeps the show afloat is their, their ability to sort of tap into these type of things and make them funny and put them on television in a way that's digestible. It's so clever and interconnected, though, and it's gross. gross. Like, 
the way that the entire plot were like plays, I I, I want to talk about it next week. I want to talk about it next week. I'd like you guys to give this one a try because it's just a it's a it's a longer episode of South Park. Um, and one of the funny things about it is that apparently I don't know if this happened in the last season because I'm at least one season behind. But um, what's Kyle's name? Randy. 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 He's he's opened up, uh, which is um, like, uh, Stan's father has started a pot like farm and brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so during the episode, he has uh, what he's calling the COVID special, which is, you know, just a special deal for a specific pot from his farm. But they weave that into constantly talking about how important their COVID special is for everybody. <laughs> it's just constantly talking about the COVID special, the COVID special, how important it is. Um, it's just, uh, it's really fun. I, that's all I can really say about it. I, without either of you guys We're having seen talk about any, it any of it. We will do it next week. Talk we we'll talk about it next week. Next we'll week. both watch it. Okay. All right, Tim, what are you up to? Nothing. We did a virtual film festival yesterday for bone bat a bunch of horror shorts some really good ones um watched two amazon movies one called evil eye and one called nocturne nocturne i thought was enjoyable about this girl at a musical school and the pressures of trying to succeed and she cast into some evil ability to help her stir so yeah voodoo no not voodoo of source <laughs> of all of the guesses voodoo yeah no so yeah that's what i've been doing not, not a whole lot <laughs> i right. want to mention one more thing about the boys we had been watching a lot of um lie to me which um stars uh what tim roth mm-hmm. and he's a british character and so he's constantly yelling oi <laughs> Hey, that became a thing that I've been saying around the house. Boy, well, we've reached the end of that show. And I was like, well, I guess I don't really have an excuse to keep saying it as much as I like just randomly yelling out, oi. And then we started watching The Boys. <laughs> Billy Butcher, very early on, yelling, oi. And I was like, ah, I've got another couple of weeks of yelling that word. There you go. And then does yell that word. <laughs> I can vouch for the, he does, he yells that word. When he feels like it. Okay. Yeah, let's go to the 80s. Do you guys ready? Um, in a 1987 film, what actor played the role of Armed Forces Radio Service? Robin Williams. DJ Adrian Kroenberg. It's like in the film Good Morning America. Like, this is too easy. Sorry. In 1980. In the, in the film Good Morning Sorry, Good Morning Vietnam. (laughs) Sorry about that. In 1985, who replaced Anne Abernathy as Regis Philbin's co-host on The Morning Show? Kathy Lee Gifford. That's right, Kathy Lee Gifford. The show evolved into Live with Regis and Kathy Lee, which aired 1988 until 2000. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Long time. Yeah. What singer renamed a Silver Dollar City theme park in Tennessee after herself in 1986? Dolly Parton. Yep. It's been Dollywood since 1986. On the night of November 9, 1989, 
What bulwark and symbol of the Cold War was torn down? The Berlin Wall. It had separated East Berlin from West Berlin since 1961. Come on, Trivial Pursuit, give us something harder. What video game series stars a robotic hero who was created by Dr. Light and fights baddies like Metal Man and Bubble Man? Metal Man. Yep, he's known as Rockman in Japan. Mark that card done. Good job, Tim. Did I do that last week? Did I run the board against Tim last week? <laughs> I don't think so. Actually, I think because I knew was... Mega Man, and I was like, "Am I gonna?" He, he's gonna say that really quickly, isn't he? Uh, no, Tim was on it last week too. Listen, it's my there celery. Was a card. Juice. Say again. I'm drinking celery juice every morning. It's <laughs> celery juice. Like Straight you make that celery. yourself? No, I buy it. <laughs> Not making it. <laughs> <laughs> share with the rest of the cast Kendon. oh celery is like isn't that like one of the cheapest uh vegetables yeah and then you just like push it until all of the water comes out yeah about mine <laughs> <laughs> i just i'm just imagining just i'm sure but you know actually celery soup i love Celery's good. Celery soup? Mm-hmm. I've never heard of celery soup. Like, I've heard of celery in soup, but basing a soup around celery mm-hmm. seems like I don't even have the analogy for you right now. It's good. That's what it is. All right. Let's go to our movie. You guys ready? I am ready. Are you revved up for Christine? I am fired up. Fired up. All right. Wait, are you fast and furious more like furious and fast uh, do you know what type of car this is yes it's a 1958 have it written down 57 58 58 the 58 plymouth fury plymouth oh fury. so we watched it being made in 57 so right it's because the next year the the release year yeah oh. it, it opens in 57 we'll get there her name's christine I like that. How's Christine coming? Oh, Jerry. The man who owned that car last died in it. What do you know about that car? I know that the guy who owned the car before, Arnie, his daughter choked to death in Christine. It's that car. I swear it's the car. Okay, so Christine, 1983, our second yeah. movie for Spooky October. Yeah. Tim. Who made this movie? It is directed by one of the Godfathers of Horror, John Carpenter. Uh, who, you know, he's done the thing and a few other great films. Uh, it's based on a Stephen King book story. It stars Keith Gordon. That makes a lot of sense. John yeah. Stockwell, Alexandra Paul, Robert Prosky, and Harry Dean Stanton, who we recognize from Alien. Yeah, I like that guy. Okay, so I'm going to say up front. Up front. Because I didn't do any of that extra background research this time, so I'd... I'll be riding shotgun up front in the front seat. Oh, with the shotgun, up... we'll get there. Very nice. Thank you. Very Thank nice. You. Um, this this makes uh, the information you just gave makes this movie make a whole lot more sense because um, it is definitely a Stephen King like premise. Yes. And I was watching this movie. I was like, this is a stupid, or mostly a, a fairly stupid premise. 
mm-hmm. executed really well. Yeah. Like, I feel like we've done enough of his movies, right? We, we've done um, The Thing and also um, Escape from New York. What else? Have we done some other John Carpenter stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. It's slipping my mind. But I was like, oh, this is, this is brilliantly executed. This movie has got such a dumb concept. <laughs> Not even, no, I didn't even think the concept was that dumb. It was kind of, okay, I, feel, I might sound like I'm contradicting myself. I feel like the execution of the concept was kind of dumb, even mm-hmm. though the execution of the filmmaking was not, right? Yes. Like the idea that this, I, I wanted the card to be less active. I liked the idea of it almost like the one ring from the Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. where it, it was corrupting him. It was turning him from this, I, I guess we're supposed to think he was a likable nerd at the yeah. beginning into this like douchey <laughs> like asshole sort of character. Oh, uh, to be fair, real quick, we also did Big Trouble in Chi- Little China and They Live are also two. Oh, yeah. They Live, that, yeah. yeah. So that whole thing I think was really well done but then the idea that it was also chasing people down in the alley I think was dumb. I mean, you know what I mean? Just, like a malevolent force in that car was cool. That right. malevolent force is a slasher. It was because that yeah. was like a slasher scene. It's a slasher feel. Yeah, and I was like, oh no. It's no. hilarious. Like you can't help but laugh. Like, dude, so, <laughs> jump up higher. Jump. Yeah, jump. <laughs> yeah. Zig, zig and zag. Why are you running in a straight line? Do a U turn. It has. Yeah. It can't U uh-huh. turn like you can. Yeah, it, it has a turn radius. So it opens with essentially our main character Arnie, who's being bullied. He's kind of like a like a cookie cutter nerd. Glasses, jacket. He like drops garbage when you first see him. He looks like a klutz. The kind that might turn into a school shooter. Would <laughs> be turned to a murderer. Had you seen this movie before? Me? Yeah. A bunch. Did, okay, so I got the impression that Dennis was going to be the protagonist oh no it was well he is the protagonist he is but he's he's sort of laid up for most of the film yeah he's not the main character what, but he is the protagonist yeah well like, is he not the okay i don't want to argue character like, is, i was like oh is the this is who, the mo- who we're going to be following through the movie no, the main and character ended up is, not being is the antagonist yes that is arnie so arnie's getting bullied by this guy named buddy and he's got like a switchblade and he's like <laughs> bully leather jacket him looks like 30 years old in high school yeah he looks like he's in college and in high school uh threatens him which becomes a big piece of, of a sort of a centerpiece in what's happened what happens to arnie moving forward so after this bullying incident arnie the drive past his property and arnie sees this pristine like look car to him this kind of fury and they, they go there and of course, this harbinger of death comes out of nowhere and it's like, oh, tells me history of this car. And it's like, he's taking the thing out to start it so the car won't start, which would be a sign to me that like, he didn't want to start it. So his brother was obsessed in it, even when somebody died in it. Like, it no, was- not somebody. <laughs> his family. Yeah. Both, both members both. of his family. <laughs> Uh, we'll find that out later. But anyway, see, so he ends up getting the car and he goes to this guy's shop and the guy's like, you can use whatever parts you want here to fix up this car. So they do these time jumps. So we jump to Arnie has fixed up this vehicle and is kind of like obsessed with it. It's sort of, his personality is changing. He's like mouthing off to his parents. 
Uh, he's getting a bit ex excessive and obsessive with his car. He ends up landing the hot girl in school with his vehicle, um, which leads to Dennis getting injured. Dennis, <laughs> Dennis. So I don't know, it's like, is Christine giving off vision? So he sees a vision of Arnie and this girl making out in front of the car. I don't think so. I think that really happened. Getting damn, huh? I think that really happened. It didn't happen because when they cut, there's no one there. Wait, that didn't happen? So when they cut to them at the car, no one's there. Like, they're not there at the car. I thought that's because they ran towards him because yeah. everyone was running towards him. Why, why is the car there? It, well, the, the car, car goes where it wants. Itself? Did they, I thought that they weren't there. No, no, that, that, they were definitely there. I, didn't think, I mean, I didn't think they were making out, but maybe they were. Okay, continue. So... He ends up like breaking his leg or something and can never play football again. And his neck. He's got like. He gets destroyed. But then, so then our first real sign of Christine is when Arnie and Leia, what's her name? Leia? Leia? Lee. Lee are out on a date and Arnie gets out to fix the windshield and like she starts choking in the car. <laughs> and like he can't get in the car and like the lights come on and. She's about to die, and some stranger comes in, breaks the window, pulls her out. And she's freaked out. Like, something's wrong with this car. Like, I don't feel safe. And Arnie's like, he flips out. Like, oh, you're just jealous. Blah, blah, blah. She's right. Uh, Did that guy break the window to get in? Yeah. No, she was able to get the door unlocked, and then he opened it. Yeah, the it. guy opened the, the door. Yeah, that's how it happened. But, yeah. Um, because she's really mad that he didn't try hard enough to get her. He was like, my door was locked. She's like, yeah, did you come around to the other side? And then he yelled at him for trying to give her the Heimlich. He's like, I didn't know he was giving you the Heimlich. Like, so then it gets really weird and really supernatural after Buddy and his goons, like, destroy the car. Like, they poop on the dashboard. They destroy this vehicle. And then put itself back together. Wait, do you think it got rid of the poop itself? Did we catch that? I don't remember seeing no. the poop. Well, that's the thing is that it, we, we learned that it can put itself together, but it doesn't. It waits for, what's his name, Andy? Arnie. The Arnie. He wait, it. it waits for Arnie to see it. He says, show me, and it does this. And then it fixes itself. Transformers yeah. it fixes itself up. It is bumblebeeing this whole time. Yeah. That's how it communicates. Yeah. With, through, the, through the like car radio. <laughs> Which I like. It's like, we just say, knock, but you can't come in. Is that how the song yeah. goes? So it chases down one of his goons. I like runs. He thinks it's Arnie in the car. Everyone does. So he goes and hides in like this real compartment, but like Christine like squeezes through, like run over the hood of the car. What are you doing? Yeah. Just run over the top of it and run away. I, I couldn't take the movie seriously at that point. He stood there and was like, oh, I'm going to die in slow motion. He's, He's standing in the middle of the street before that. Like he jumps down, runs down some stairs, jumps off like this good two feet um kind of concrete thing to stand in the middle of the road yeah. and then goes keeps running further away instead of just like don't you guys think that it's tough there's possible this was more effective in 1983 oh we've seen uh, enough things that that definitely um what do you say parody this sort of thing because i was thinking for instance of uh austin powers yeah, with a guy. Yeah. There's the uh, the uh, steam steamroller or whatever, and he's like, "Stop!" and it's going really, really slow. And he's like, "Huh," ah, like for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And they're like, "Just I was move." Like, you know, 
<laughs> I thought the car, I, here's what was, why it was sort of effective to me and then completely fell apart. It's because when it was sitting there and he was in that garage area, mm-hmm. I was like, oh man, it's revving up, it's revving up and it's going to run in and smash him. Yeah. Then as it started to go, I didn't see the spatial relationship, which meant that yeah. it had to cram itself in, yeah. which means it couldn't be a fast like if he started to move, it could really quickly go. And then I was like, oh man, it's going so slow. You can jump on its hood. It's going to yeah. have a problem reversing now yeah. that it's torn itself up. You can and that, yeah, all that tension for me, which was at that point, I was like, this is stupid, but this is I so would just tense. run to the top of a, a rooftop and just wait. Yeah, but it all evaporated at that point. We'll wait it out. Like and then I was like, how many places can't a car get you? Right yeah. now, in a, if somebody's in that car who will get out Bears. and continue the chase, yeah. That, you know, in, in a lot of movies will create tension. Yeah. That car, yeah. there's a bunch of places that car cannot go. Okay, he's in my backyard. To be fair, he thinks there's someone in the vehicle. He doesn't know it. Yes, but he's, but the thing is, is that I think even somebody at that age and somebody who's in that situation is smart enough to try to go somewhere that would force the person to get out of the car. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because the car is a weapon. I right. do think, though, like, in that alley scene, um, one the spatial thing I, is more for us, right? To be able yeah. to see that like this car doesn't, like it it has a drive and it will go forward even if it's br- like smashing itself. So it was, I think it was an important visual for us it, to see. But I, I also no, I think in you. his defense, it is, especially if you think that there's a person driving in there, right. it is very anti, I think it goes against your instinct to run towards it. Right. So I, I do think that was obviously the way to get out. It was like, jump on the hood, call like walk over it and run away, but it, it's scary to run towards it. At this point, it's like a slasher film, right? It's like Malcolm Myers reaching into the closet in Halloween where he can't quite reach Carrie, but he's swiping. It's what this yeah. Well, you know what I what trying. I ended up viewing this movie as was like killer ex or like killer girlfriend or something like that. Yeah. Right. And I started to place in my head almost like a robot girlfriend or like some, there's been a lot of ex- examples of it's like, oh, it's a killer robot. I'm trying to think of what there, what the example is in my head. It's on the tip of my tongue where it is. It's like a, a robot woman trying to protect her family or her perceived family or something like that. All right, Tim, why don't you finish with the plot for us? I mean, that, that is an example, but not of a slasher movie. I'll try to think of it. Um, so I guess, I guess, my favorite sequence now is his buddy and his friends getting chased down by Christine when I'm getting followed. Buddy's doing all these tricks on the road to get, you know, but Christine is backing up and, and stopping and doing all these things. And then finally they get into this gas station and Christine like rams Buddy's car and then backs up and then like rams into the gas station, like killing multiple people, blowing up the gas station. Buddy takes off running. Christine, my favorite scene, Christine pulls out and is like fully engulfed in flames and it's like chasing Buddy down the street. Put a pin in that. It's chasing Buddy down the street and it runs him over. Just, he's on, he's, not only is he crushed, he's in flames. Like he's got killed twice. I thought it was the bumper. I was like, oh, she just let her bumper fall off like that. And I was like, oh, no, no that's Buddy that's the bumper. Buddy. Um, so this is the second time he gets interviewed, Arnie's interviewed by the, by the uh, detective, who's like, people say they saw Christine, your car, following Buddy. I'm like, was it the flaming car? Like, was the regular, like, when did people see this? There was no one around. Even when, 
when I guess when when there's Christine following them. I um, think an alibi. Uh, he, he 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 wasn't around, and he, he's you know, hey, if they ruin my car, how did I? You know, it wasn't that bad. I was so fixed it. What, wait, was he in the car every single time? Did we? No. Uh, I want to talk about that. Like that. That's um, definitely a pit, put a pin on that one too. Okay. Like, I don't let's get so. through the plot because I, I. Yeah, I want to talk about that. I think we have different he had, theories. He, he had a receipt. What he was doing. An alibi. Um, Tim, you're. Uh, I don't know if you're going to get here, but his boss is also killed that night. His boss is when he's being interviewed. They're also talking about his boss is found dead in the car. Okay, so his boss. This uh, after this incident, a smoking. Christine comes in, like calmly parks. He goes over there. There's no one in the car. Shalia made a good point. This was like when our cats do something wrong, yeah, and just walk right by us, like, yeah, hey, everything's fine. Like, ah. he gets in the car, and I don't know why. Yeah, me neither. But then they said they found him with the gunshot wound, with the like, so. Wait, I thought he was crushed. He was Didn't she put, but they yeah. found him with a shotgun in the car. So did Buddy do that? Did Christine put a shotgun in the car? Oh no, he carried he the carried shotgun. shotgun in. He yeah, had a double barrel shotgun because he said he was going to blast it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he put the shotgun in the shotgun seat. Yeah, and here's then the thing he got though: smashed. is that if he died of, of his chest being crushed, <laughs> what is the shotgun even relevant to? Maybe they thought he was like. Stopping someone from coming in, I don't know. Well, that wasn't clear to me of, yeah, if they thought that he had been, yeah, why did he have a shotgun? It, was it because he was using that to threaten Buddy yeah. and everybody when he was driving around killing everybody? Yeah. Was it that he thought there but was a Buddy intruder? Seems to just surprised that he's dead, honestly. Well, it's a smart, it's also a smart move on this, smart move on behalf of the car. On Christine's part. <laughs> Gotta kill all the witnesses, fam. No, kill not all even the witnesses, that. No. but also. It's 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 almost like a, an extra guarantee for an alibi. It's like or an alternative set of facts for the case. This guy has access to the car, and mm-hmm. could have been driving and committing the crimes. Crimes. Arnie has an alibi. Arnie has yeah. Arnie has an alibi. He may have become the So then, uh, Lee and uh, was Dennis end up getting together because they realized that Arnie clearly has a problem, and it's the car. He he writes on the car, meet me at whatever, the the, the shop. And she's like, you think Arnie's going to show up? And he's like, nah, Christine will. And the car shows up. And he's in a bulldozer, which makes kind of some sense, like something that you can't just run over and ran through. And she's supposed to be in the manager's office, which I don't know why that was even <laughs> brought up, like why they're even part of the plan. She's bait, right? She being just being used as bait. I mean, like, they said something like turn the switch or something. They gave yeah, her he's supposed to like no, she's supposed to close it and lock it. Close in. the garage, right? Close the garage and trap him in there. So once they get in there, it's this whole cars running around and ramming into things, and then the car goes to ram her, and it hits the thing, and and Arnie comes flying through the window, which I totally forgot happened. He was in the car. Which is to Julia's point, was he in the car this whole time? No, because no, like, because like, he so he wasn't there when Buddy and them wasn't in there that time. Are we sure? Because it blew up. 
like it was engulfed in flames. He wasn't in the car. And when, and when it goes back to the garage, there's no one in the car. But it's magic. It's oh, no, that's, I mean, it could. It's, it, there's magic going on, right? There is magic going on. So can it protect him that's inside what I was thinking, the is car? It's protecting him inside. So the he can go through all that. The windshield that's the question I had. Is it a sacrifice? Like, you got to go? It, it lets him die. It didn't have to, like, it could have. So I don't well, know. No, it can't, it can't, like, produce airbags. But it was, it's <laughs> glass that went through his stomach. Yeah, it was the glass in the car. Was it the glass in the car or the glass from the office? From the office, because oh, it was clear. That's right? a good point. And it was a sh- big shard. Yeah. I didn't like how Christine looked all with like, all black out windows. And that yeah. did not, it looked super creepy. Also, the when teeth? it smashes at some point, remember, Shalia, I said it looked like it had teeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does kind of look like it has a mouth in the front. And I feel like this is where all the Stephen King stuff starts coming in. Yeah. Like just these random malevolent forces yeah. and just, it, it, it's goofy. It's 100% goofy. But it's meant to be terrifying. So Arnie dies. Arnie dies and like Christine plays a song for him. <laughs> I guess that's love. And then they finish trying to take like a slasher. Christine's not dead yet. They finish trying to take Christine out. They finally do and decide to compact Christine. And then they bring the detective at the end. Like, is he supposed to believe all of this? I, I guess the I guess their story is Arnie was doing all these crimes. Nah, no, because he says some people you can't save. He says something along the lines of some people yeah. you can't save. Well, but if you if you're Lee and you're Dennis, how do you explain what happened? So officer? here's the deal, right? This is where I bring in the where I say some of this makes more sense knowing it's a Stephen King book. Because yeah. Stephen King stuff all happens in kind of a magical world, right? But these things are possible. It's, yeah, it's 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 almost like Agents of Shield. One yeah. of the things when I was first watching that, I was like, oh, like there's all of these like lower level paranormal, for lack of a better term, things happening all over the world. Some of them are on the scale of creating a Hulk. Some of them are on this lower level, but like it's, it's less, how do I say? It's more common than you would think, right? So people are okay under, like thinking, oh, there's a slightly magical world. So, I don't know. I don't know that I, that's what this world is. I get the impression it is. And they they always have, I feel like this is, I, Tim, you're even more familiar with this sort of thing, but like a Stephen King trope of the old man. Yes. The extra knowledge, right? That old man, he's basically saying this is a magic car. This is a magic car. Yeah. Like he almost out and out says it, right? Yeah. And so... Just, I think there's a lot of building in the movie saying, no, paranormal things happen. Yeah. You know? And this is the best explanation this detective's going to get. This detective, did, the, did he say he knew the guy who owned it or just the, guys in the, the guy in the garage said he knew the guy who owned the car before? I know the guy in the garage said that. Yeah. He said he knew. Okay. All right. Um, is that it, Tim? That's it. That's okay. Let's, let's, let's follow Arnie. Um, because I do, I think that's one of the biggest questions of this movie is at what point was Arnie in the car versus not? So there are several scenes where we see Christine rolling up, killing people. 
Yeah. And the windows are all dark, so you can't see if anyone's in there or not. I don't know if anyone's in there. And it's interesting because, like, I assumed Arnie was in there when they killed Buddy. I did. Uh, I assumed he was. And so then in when the detective is talking to him about it, and he's, like, talking about, um, even with Dennis, is talking about Buddy and, like, you must feel sorry for him. And just, I was assuming he was just saying that, mm. knowing he had killed him. And then later realizing, like, oh, wait, if he wasn't in the car, yeah. then is he, he's just talking because that's what his reaction is with, of somebody who doesn't actually know how he was killed. Right. So that was I an think interesting that that's like, the hmm. case, which is actually what makes it weird that he's in the car at the end. Because the car is, like, running, like I said, like, it's like the killer jealous girlfriend sort yeah, of situation. Yeah, it's like a protective I, So it so wants my to theory, cover up for him. So he uh, give him plausible deniability, and it goes as far as to put a alternative suspect, right, by killing the boss. All right. So here's my theory. My theory is that Christine's motivation is kind of like obsession and control, yes, and domination. And so, Arnie is her subject, right, and her focus, and she wants to completely take him over. And so we see this transformation over, you know, these several months of how he changes in character, how just all of these things happen. So I do think that he's not in the car for any for most of this. Okay. But then this last scene shows us that like he has fully like he's full in sitting there in the car, actually in the car when they're going after Lee. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I think the death scene is showing that she won. So like before, when, when there's a reveal that he's actually in the car is after Christine has been ramming the um, bulldozer. And as it drives away, you hear Arnie's tagline of shitters. <laughs> and you're like, oh, wait, that is, that's Arnie. And then he's sitting, like, it's like a standoff. He's sitting in the shadows uh, facing Dennis and or Christina's and then they show him inside and his eyes are all like black makeup around yeah. his eyes and it's like oh he's in there and mm -hmm. then there's like a choice made he stays in there mm -hmm. and he goes and and rams the manager's office to try to kill Lee and I think my theory is that that is the ultimate like she got him like Christine yeah. won she had fully taken him over she, game done and yeah. so that's why then she throws him out because she didn't actually care about him. It was more he's like a conquest and she succeeded. He's going to try to kill somebody he cares about. Yep. Huh. I won. Done. All right. Done with you. Um, move on to the next. And that's so very good point. that's what I think. Cause like even the old person that had her, like they talk about his five-year-old daughter getting killed, yeah. his wife. So it's like this guy, like this things, things were happening, but like at what point did it finally like, all right, I'm done with you. I, yeah. I've, well, I've yeah, you sort of used you up. And maybe that's what keeps Christine living is that energy. Well, I think one thing we skipped over is the opening in 1957 yeah. when she rolls off the assembly line. She's still on the assembly line. Still on the assembly line, <laughs> already painted unlike the ones before or after her on the assembly line. She's already painted red. She goes ahead. I'm, I'm actually using that pronoun. I like it. I like the French. She goes ahead and like. I said, she's going to bite. Essentially, I was like, she's going to bite that guy with the, who had his arm in there. She does. I don't know what she did to the guy with the cigar. The ash landed on the seat. Yeah, but what did she do to him? I, I'm guessing carbon yeah. monoxide. Yeah. Carbon she what? We don't, we don't see monoxide. it. Carbon monoxide? That's what I'm guessing, because he's oh. just dead. Like, yeah, okay. 
but okay so, so not wait, knowing the show how does this fit in with her mo so i think well she was just born right listen like, things are like born evil so like, this is like evil. her like waking okay. up and being like hmm but what's funny is i haven't i didn't know much about this show but i would we were assuming it was an evil car and so when he gets in and the ash falls on his seat i literally said oh christine's not gonna like that she did say <laughs> that she did say that killed him didn't like that so yeah i think i think she um she was just kind of testing things out like what's going wasn't, on I wasn't have there powers. still plastic on the seat didn't matter disrespect i know right but i was like isn't that what the plastic's for <laughs> chill out okay so christine reminds me a lot of like chucky like we were talking about like yes. what's the what's the power what's the malevolent force here is it the car has a soul is it is it I don't like it. i kind of like it yeah she's like it is what it is but that's the stephen king thing like shalia said some things are just born evil mm-hmm. now why does this movie take place in 1978 this movie came out in 83 because i make guess is that that's a famous car first of all if it was based on a book that makes sense because the book maybe came out a few years later. Yeah. Arnie makes a point to say this car just became uh, vintage. Classic. Yeah, classic. Mm-hmm. 20 years. 20, uh, 20 years. So, you know, I, I think that's a fair reason why they would choose that time period. I was wondering if it also was, you know, in the end, she's been smashed into a cube and then you see her starting to repair herself. So I was like, oh, okay, five years later, where is she? She's probably on the street somewhere. Like, it's kind of fun to have this as a past, like a story from the past, because fast forward five years, Christine could be out there. So that's why I thought maybe they had done like a little, a little bit, you know, it's always helpful to make, I don't know, a story of people not knowing what's going on and having to like figure the, things the out, being in the past. Children still alive. Mm-hmm, exactly. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I wonder if anyone was watching this movie in that car, like at a drive-in. Did you notice, Tim, when they were at the drive-in, the on the screen there was a guy standing on top of a car. I thought, was was maybe, I thought it was maybe I thought it was maybe Grease, because they do that um Grease Lightning right. and they're dancing on top of the car. And then later when the um Oh Kenan, you mentioned this. When they go to like break Christine, Buddy, and his gang. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are standing on top of the car, and it's like, oh wait, is that yeah. was that foreshadowing? That foreshadowing? <laughs> no. So I said something when I saw them in the the movie they were watching because it was a I saw a what do you call it a, a phone booth. Yeah. And so I was like, is that Bill and Ted? And I was like, the math doesn't work out. <laughs> and then Shalia's like, they're on top of a car. Is that grease? But that sort of phone booth wouldn't that not match with grease? I don't know. But no. So what I, I wanted know. to know about what you were saying is. Um, so the the bullies, right? Those bully kids are like, we know where he keeps his car. Let's go yeah. do something. And like they crawl in, and Kendon's like, oh shit, these guys are like the low key heroes of this movie. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah. We should yeah. have we should have been cheering them on the whole time. And I yeah. guess that gets to the other point of like, one of the reasons I feel like the movie as a whole doesn't work is that I don't think. I get enough in the beginning to make me actually like Arnie. And I don't dislike him, but there's not I don't there's not that. enough for me to care about his transition. Like I like Dennis the whole time. He's a great friend. And it, it, Arnie's just there. And so I I don't know. What do you guys think? I don't think? know if you're supposed to to care about Arnie's transition because you care about the character, but because you see the corruption with the car. 
is capable of. Well, even there, I don't feel like they establish him enough as uh, I don't feel like there's enough character establishment for him to then see the transformation to be significant. It's a fairly long movie. I mean, they could add in a, another scene or two. Or just switch things around a little bit. Like, I, I don't think you needed more time. I think it just, there was something missing in even in the scenes that they did do. Like, they tried to establish, like, he's a full-on nerd. Like a full-on like, nerd. And, like, geek, right? Like, oh, you're taking my sandwich. Like, yeah. maybe don't pull out the switchblade and make him just afraid. Like, I just, they, he's not enough of a wimp. Oh, he's also his not sweet enough. Yogurt to school, yeah. And then the yogurt gets he didn't have any, any other friends other than Dennis. Yeah. So I just, I, there's not enough there for me, like to the point where he's like choking out his dad. Like that, I feel well, yeah, like he's he supposed goes, to be like, oh, yeah. whoa. It was kind of crazy though. They were like, we've decided to help you buy a new car. And he's like, fuck you guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. yeah. like, you ungrateful little shit. But to think about it, right? Like, so yeah, you, you're like, yeah, my parents want to buy me a new car. Oh, you hate this car. That's, but if you think of it as her parents basically saying, listen, we're going to buy you a new girlfriend. Yeah, no. It, we don't like your girlfriend. It fits. It totally fits. <laughs> and, and it's like, you never liked her. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, okay. I also had a funny when he was like, it's your fault. You wouldn't even let me park my car at the house. And I was like, yeah, that was kind of fucked up. That like, after he fixed it up and everything, they didn't let him park there. But then yeah. I was like, uh, nope, you've got a teenager. Like, you've got to have, you got to stick to your... <laughs> I mean, yeah, you got to hold your ground, teenagers. <laughs> Just give in. Oh, man. What is the hook? Like, when do you think it first hooks him? When he sees it. Yeah. Like, how does it do? Well, first of all, do you think it was? The, I don't think it was the first time he'd seen it. Ooh, do you think that's why he signed up for shop? I don't know. Mm. So he was Actually, there's a point a I want to make about shop class. But I also think, I think the more time he spent around fixing it up, well, I it felt like when they drove past it, he wanted him to go back. It, it, something that he said seemed like he had looked at this car before. Like he, he'd been driving past it a couple of times and she yeah. had already allured him in or whatever. But I did want to say about the I shop it was class, sight, but... you made the comment that they are clearly like a, like college students in class <laughs> right. in, in, in high school. 100%. And so when I'm looking at it, like if they were 17, like actual 17 year olds as they exist in the real world um the way that he stood up to the the not stood up um the teacher is just not worried about the violence that no. could come from this kid is fairly believable he's like oh, these old punks just go but, to the office. yeah just go to the office but since instead it looks like a 23 year old punk i'm like if i saw this just i was like no this is the type of people who actually rob full-on adults yeah he's, he's a murderer <laughs> so there was like a disconnect there i was like this is an appropriate reaction from the teacher to what the character that he's supposed to be seeing, but not the image I'm seeing on the screen. Exactly. But I did like how it played out because he was like, uh, make me or something. He's like, are you asking if I don't have the authority or you don't think I can do it? And then I'm like, all right, you're tough. Like, all right, you're, you're going to take him on. Okay. I, I buy it now. And then he, he's like, okay, bye. And he empties out his pockets. All right, I'll go to the office. But like the kid like that, I feel like, why is he even there? Like, I feel like he'd just be like, fuck you and leave. Like, well, I mean, there's still what, school. The police get involved in truancies, right? I guess. I don't know. You guys would know. I don't know why Lee gets back in the car after it tries to choke her. Don't know. Because why. she doesn't, wait, uh, she doesn't know 
what happens? She already knows she doesn't like Christine. Yeah. And doesn't think Christine likes her. And then that happens. I was like, there's no way. Well, and then on top of that, so we watched this with Carme, our certified athletic trainer. And she's like, if you, if somebody has to have the Heimlich, they should be going to the hospital. Like, even if the food comes out, they shouldn't just go home. <laughs> this is the kind of procedure, like, if, if, it, if it's to that point, you should go to get checked out by a medical professional. You should also, I, I, I wonder, like, why is she in the with, with Arnie? He's got confidence. Christine, man. Is it the car? Is it the... Yeah. I guess. Again, because she looks like an adult with... <laughs> with adult thoughts we're like no she's 16 17 yeah. um she sees a confident guy with a car maybe like they had a good conversation i don't know um but they also and he's like, smart she, she seemed failed. to like that he was smart yeah. yeah well they talk about he respects her intellect but the christine fails to kill her but they never get back together so didn't she kind of accomplish what she wanted? Like she she got it by different means. Yes. So maybe that's why she she wasn't worried about trying to murder her while he was behind the wheel. Arnie the loses it on the phone with her. He 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 hundred percent full flips out on her and is like, "Hello, hello, are you still there? Sorry about that." Like it was very much to me. Oh, the man. car really reminded me of the One Ring, right? Yeah. Like yeah. even when um. Bilbo's not around the ring in the, in the first Lord of the Rings movies, or he's kind of around. He no longer has it, and he's like his face turns into that like mask of evil sort of thing when he wants um, Frodo to give it back to him. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, that was exactly what I thought of when he yeah, like that's what Frodo has. He's like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> like trend. I was <laughs> I was yeah. kind of impressed with the actor's range because yeah. he did like he had turned it on by the end, and I was like, all right. Yeah, he, yeah, they must have it. cast him not at, you know what hold on they must have cast him as what he was for most of the movie and not for the nerd at the beginning mm -hmm. and that oh, maybe I'm, is why you're missing it's like he's a nerd I, for like 10 minutes maybe it makes me think of captain america right it's like you don't if you spent captain too much captain time america, with steve um steve rogers the the twerpy whatever you'll be like okay this doesn't something's not quite right here I didn't know who he was when I first watched that movie, so I was like, okay. Like, did they bulk him up? Like, what what did they do? Now when I watched it the second time around, I'm like, oh, they digitally did this or whatever to make him look extra wimpy. Um, but yeah, if they cast Arnie based off of the idea that he was going to be this, like, douchey greaser character the whole time, mm -hmm. that makes sense to me that Shalia didn't buy him as the nerd at the beginning. Yeah, and like, just as the I I know I don't have to like him, but I did think that you want the audience to kind of go on the journey with you, and I just wasn't there for it. But um, also, okay, so then there's Dennis, who is a really good friend, and honestly, like I was like um, when he's playing that football game, I'm like I don't want anything bad to happen to Dennis. Like I was like I know something bad's gonna happen, and I don't want it to. Um, and then it did, but he was just like a very nice friend. He wasn't like super tough guy, but he did go and like stand up to the bullies, even though he like, yeah, it's not like he like shows up. I'm used to watching Asians with shield and I'm expecting some like badass like <laughs> fighting. Did um, you know Kevin Bacon auditioned for the role of Arnie, but opted out when he got footloose. And I think that was a better choice. I feel like, well, for him, 
Christine really versus Footless. <laughs> oh I don't feel like this is like it's not a trash movie. Like this is probably has some amount of uh, cachet to it or, or like status to it, right? Sure, but it's not Footloose. Yeah, but was Footloose Footloose when he yes. chose when he chose the role in Footloose? Like uh, Tim, how many? It's movies not a murder had, car. <laughs> how many movies had um, John Carpenter made up to this point, and how well? Or which ones had he made? Because if this is a prestigious horror director directing uh, like a big name author's book, like you got to look at what what is being offered to you without knowing what the two end products are going to be. Right? How do you how do you, like without without the transformation stuff visually? How do you explain it to somebody? That's what I was thinking. Like the that you read the story and you're like, so I get obsessed with a car and yeah. she kills people. Uh, so before this, he had did the thing in Escape from New York and the Fog. Oh, oh, he's on a he's on fire. He's on a he's on a roll right now. On a roll. <laughs> I'm just saying, I didn't see Arnie in anything else. So he's got Halloween in '78, The Fog in 1980, Escape from New York in '81, The Thing in '82, and Christine from John. No, Shalia, you're right. It did not launch him. So the guy made the better choice, but it wasn't the ob- I'm saying it wasn't the obvious choice. I feel like if it's like but murder it's, car it, movie. Yeah, it reminds me of, of Will Smith when they pitched the Matrix to him. Like, it's yeah. Like, how do you explain that to somebody? It doesn't sound super stupid. You're like, eh. Your agent's probably like, I don't know. Like, this might be the one. Because it ends up with you hopping at things like After Earth. Right. <laughs> and you're, still, you're still at a time where I'm not sure people took horror movies. Seriously, I thought it was a genre that was going to fade out. You know what I mean? That these are one-hit wonders, and it's not a genre that's going to last decades. It's not serious, quote-unquote serious film. Mm-hmm. Where they treated superhero films early on. True. Hard to people. And you're getting no names, and it's not going to last, and these are fast. Now, like, you got Robert Redford in these films. Like, <laughs> people want to be in these movies. So horror movies were still at that early-on phase. And despite all of Carpenter's accomplishments, I could see... Bacon looking at this and being like, I don't know how you even, I don't know how this reads on paper. This sounds like a successful film. I also think he needed, if he wants. Bullets is like a hit. That is a hit. I can read that and say it's, it's, it's a soundtrack. It's dancing. It's a coming of age teenager story. It is a, this is going to, this is going to be a hit. Yeah. I think also um, it's a protagonist. Like he's yeah. also has to play the bad guy the whole time, which I don't know is you know, in that yeah. phase of his career, if that's the right move. Before we get too far off of um, the uh, Dennis situation, I just want to also point out, so so the Heimlich is one example. We we also watched Dennis get crushed in that football game. And, Car- and uh, Carme is sitting right next to me, and we're like, so Carme, as this being your job, how did they do in addressing uh, Dennis's injuries here? And she's like, shit. Too many people around. They pull the helmet off immediately. Immediately, immediately pull his helmet off. Like, what are you doing? Anyway, so that was pretty funny. Like, what's happening? Um, but so John Carpenter um is amazing. We know that. I am really curious about the effects in this movie because the car, just like all of those scenes of the the car fixing herself 
or like it's just it's pretty darn cool and we were talking about like how did they how did they pull that off like now it would just be cg but it was not cg in 1983 don't you think it's just reverse footage reverse footage already of it yeah but even then they're able to do do it off camera in a way right like reverse footage of them crumpling her somehow doing like pressure points off camera to do those things like the um glass breaking like let's do clinician right it's tedious but i think it was probably a lot of fun though but it could come from inside yeah if you're watching the you're thinking like if you watch the front of the car crunch you're thinking oh it's because you drop a big brick or something pressure coming from the outside if you instead connect pistons inside and you you can then pull it and create some effect maybe mm-hmm. to make it look also similar you, and also you deal with the shell of, you deal with the shell of a car yeah it's the shell of the car you're not dealing with an actual fully functional vehicle right. but then like one of the things is like uh for instance when you see glass fixing itself or something it's not like when we look at t1000 right when it falls apart and things roll back towards it it's rolling back towards it in a forward mo- like forward in time motion but when you see the glass coming it's it's the it's like a, a perfect reverse trajectory of glass that had blown the opposite direction mm-hmm. right yeah absolutely but i think there are moments where like um in the bulldozer scene when they're just like crunching the car yeah. and i was just like i think it would have been fun for them the the people making these oh, effects fun. I, I'm assuming I I'm wishing that we had seen this a little earlier because like that movie effects that we watched him, yeah. I think I, I'm wondering if there are references to Christine or to that car in in other um, movies or just uh, what are those called like when when you hear folks talk about movie making, mm-hmm. it just it seems like one of those that probably yeah. exists I mean, in that. up there with you know american world for london and these other films yeah. really practical effects to, to do really cool stuff and it doesn't it, it's aged well it doesn't look it, super cheesy they were it, 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 it reminds me of a terminator 2 or terminator 1 comes out like the year the next year right mm-hmm. and that ending right, scene yeah. where it's cra- the machine is crawling yeah. half of it is crunched yeah. right but it has the drive to keep going, keep trying to, to get its target or fix itself or whatever. And in this case, there's a full-on bulldozer on top of it. Like, yeah. the idea, like, like again, if you anthropomorphize the car more, it's like a bear on a human, but the human has, has all of this, like, drive to try to, to, to get away and get at its target. Um, super effective. It's effective, yeah. yeah. Could we say influences, perhaps? Sure. Yeah. Are there other influences that you guys could identify from this movie? Um, any sort of possessed movie where someone has a, an item and is possessed by evil things? I have the reverse, and I've been trying to Google this a little bit or, or think in my mind, but there is a movie or a TV show or something where it's like, and it's not Raised by Wolves. This is something from, from at least a few years back where it's like a robot mother... Like it's supposed to have a family, uh, or it's like designed to protect, defend a family, and it like it goes outside of that. Like it, to protect its family, it's starting to do violent things. It's starting to do because it only understands 
it's supposed to be a mother or it's supposed to, to have a family. I'm I, Are you trying to remember this thing that you're thinking yeah, about? Yeah, I'm trying you to describe a little earlier. bit to you too. Was it yeah, I am mother? <laughs> that would make sense. Uh, I haven't seen that. Is so, it like I am robot? It's called I am mother. I'm going to do research. At, I'm not going to waste a lot of our time on this. I'm going to probably do research and try to mention it next week. Yeah, tell us what but you But that's find what out. this is reminding me of. Um, the robot, the, the mechanical nature of it what? is, and that's what I'm uh, ascribing to the car is it's a mechanical thing. What's interesting is that's just my assumption. It could be, I mean, they have, there are all types of examples of souls being locked into things like Chucky, for instance, yeah. right? Where I don't think of it as a mechanical, like digital mind, but here in this, with this car, I do. So uh, figure out what that robot mom thing is, but I'm also guessing that whatever it is, it's probably newer than Christine. And so it could be that what you're referring, like remembering is an influence from this movie. That's exactly why I'm trying yeah. to remember it. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully <laughs> we'll find that out. Up, but. but I think, I mean, like it could be very, like I know for you, it's a reverse influence, but I think yeah. it could actually be a real thing that was influenced by Christine. Um, <laughs> the other thing that Kenan pointed out was, um, so I married an axe murderer. Yeah, we were Because when we were talking about like, you know, is he in the car? Is he not? And I think we were having the conversation while uh, Christine is chasing that one guy um, and she's like all on fire. And we were like, how in that movie, he doesn't know he murdered, like, you know, he doesn't know that his wife is around murdering people. <laughs> so we were like, it's a little like that to play on. We don't know what your girl's doing. And then she gets home and it gets all pretty for you. Like, hello, dear. I've just been out killing people. Well, yeah, like when she fixes herself up, I'm just imagining like somebody who's like brushing off the dirt and straightening her skirt and all of this other like getting back proper. Yeah. Other influences can you guys think of or, or know of? That's it. That's it for me. I'm sure that it also was, I mean, it's true what you're saying, Kendon, that John Carpenter was like on fire by then, but this I think was probably a stretch, right? Of this is now an inanimate object having to have a whole lot of character. Um, and I think he did a good job. Like the, the direction here is pretty freaking great. So if this helped him uh, refine his craft, that is also a very good influence that we appreciate today. Uh, do you guys want to move on to favorite things? Yeah. Can I go first? Mm -hmm. My very favorite thing was the soundtrack you guys oh. what are the chances now actually i wanted to ask you tim did you pick this because we had just done la bamba no holy moly they've got so it's I, what's the first one you're mine so they're playing she's playing you're mine when um so richie valens friends in case you don't know all of um <laughs> the music but when when lee is choking uh Christine starts playing Richie Valens, You're Mine. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And then she uh, plays Boney Maroney. Mm -hmm. I was like, what? And then, um, you know, I got a girl named Boney Maroney. And then, uh, come on, right? Come on, let's go. Mm -hmm. yeah, there wasn't, I would have caught this if there had been a chance that it played La Bamba. Yeah. <laughs> I like don't know that maybe it was too much on the nose, but then I would have been like, oh, I get it. But it was so funny because like, it was it was a lot. I mean, there were, there were many Richie Valens songs. And it's just so funny that we just did La Bamba two weeks ago. So that was really fun. And it was funny because I'm enjoying it. I'm just like, hey, look, another one. And I keep being like, Carmen, Kendon, 
do you just realize it's playing and they didn't <laughs> but um the in the movie the characters are complaining like uh and why does your car only play 50s music and they're like, kind of irritated about it and i'm laughing because it was it was it, it was a 57 58 right and that's when richie valens was this music was brand new coming out and i was wondering if um they chose his songs because he died like he was a teenager who died young and so it's a little bit eerie too of like that makes sense it's a I felt like it was a good choice in 1978 to be playing this dead person's music through this car. Anyway, my favorite thing by far. There's a lot of good stuff in this movie, Tim. Good job picking it. But uh, that was that was awesome. <laughs> what about you guys? What are your favorite things? Uh, mine was probably when 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 Christine attacks Buddy and his crew at the gas station. Why did that kid? He's just standing in the gas. It's like yeah. you need to run. Run. <laughs> um, but my favorite scene is when in the flaming car chases Buddy down because it's down this really. It's just such a beautiful shot because it's down this really dark road. You don't see anything. The only thing lighting the road is the flames from the car and the headlights. I also really liked um, in that scene. So you were you had asked earlier, like, how do they know? Who, there was nobody else there but there was like that was another kind of interesting thing I thought was um when he's running and she's following him you see another street like you see headlights going parallel not parallel perpendicular, perpendicular like but like really far away so like he's not gonna make it that far to like oh, no. hopefully have a car passing and get help but you like it it's so interesting in terms of it's scary and it's also right here like it could happen with people around sort of oh it's so good Kendall, what is your favorite thing my favorite thing is the tone of the movie it kind of goes along with what you guys are saying um the john carpenter niche of it the the naturalness of the actors like i bought everybody's uh behavior mm. was um which is a real feat compared considering that it's connected to this ridiculous story of an of evil possessive car right mm -hmm. um, almost like drone <laughs> of all things and i think this is exemplified by the uh detective character who like i just bought him he seemed like it's just like like a like a like a he's a very believable and he's just like hey, you can't save some people and the interaction that he has with um Artie, that whole thing um because he again how do you deal how, how do you deal with this interaction with somebody you think they killed somebody there's a killer car on the loose like this is the underlying thing that some that, that neither of them understand that's an interesting thing about their interaction um so that's what i liked about it i really liked this movie i forgot to uh, mention that it so they're at the junkyard and christine is all calm pressed mm -hmm. Okay. And then all of a sudden the music starts playing again. And you're like, oh, I fell for it. Like, and then it's like a guy walking by with a radio playing Richie Valance right. on the yeah, radio. Yeah, but, they, but the, the car opens a little bit at the same time too, right? Not yet. Not the car yet. doesn't move. It's just there. And then you hear the music and they're all like, what? And I totally did too. I was like, oh no. And then it, it, on the like out fade after they've walked away is when the car starts to kind of move. But yeah. I was like, oh, that's smart. It also reminds me, real quick, 
I forgot to mention when we were doing La Bamba, but one of my favorite scenes in that movie was when they're recording, come on, let's go. Yeah. And he's like having to do it over and over and over again. And he's just like, I'm just thinking of a 17 year old trying to do that so many times and all of those takes. And oh. it's, it was really sweet to see him like get really frustrated, but like keep it going. Anyway, I, <laughs> it's one of my favorite scenes. Um, okay. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about for Christine? It's an excellent watch. It's not too scary. It's not too, it's a fun Halloween watch. If you're into scary movies at all, I would highly recommend watching Christine. I agree. I think it's a good one. It holds up, like you said, in terms of like the effects. It's ridiculous plot, but it always was. Uh, so, you know, who cares yeah. if it was made in 83? It still works right now. <laughs> this is going to be difficult for me because it's a movie I like, and then I, I don't know if I can call it a classic. It's the weird part about it. Why don't you think you can? Because it's just a movie I like. like there's a lot of movies I think I like that I wouldn't necessarily call a classic. Like, what is the definition of a classic? Well, that's a good point. Is there a middle between, are, are you past it? I mean, for me, it's usually like, if, if I'm past it, then it's not a classic. But are you saying? The question is, yeah, am I going to, would I seek out watching this again? And would I like actively recommend it to people outside of just, you know, my, my recommendation here on the podcast? You're going to, I can tell you, you, you wanted to watch Rubber <laughs> after this. I and I guarantee the next time we're hanging out with our friends, you are going to talk about Christine. <laughs> okay. That's great. Yeah. Classic. It's a classic. Okay. 1983, Christine. It is a classic. A classic. Good All job, Tim. Okay. Yeah. Good job. This was perfect. This is a good one for me. I'm glad that my Not haunted pizza sauce. Movie. Yeah. I'm glad my haunted pizza sauce happened before I watched Christine. <laughs> Oh, wait till Hellraiser. So what, are we doing Hellraiser or? Let's do Hellraiser. If we do Hellraiser, then Day of the Dead is closer to Halloween, which I think makes sense. Okay, so Hellraiser is available for streaming on Hulu, Hoopla, Tubi, and Pluto TV. Perfect. Hoopla? Hoopla. So if you have a library service, you can get stuff on Hoopla. But Pluto, Pluto TV is free. Uh, Tubi is free. All these are free services. Uh, with those two, it comes with ads. Um, but Which you might need. I might need you ads. Might, you might need a break. But those, if you want to watch those movies, so you can find them available. Okay, so we're going to do that. Um, we're going to watch streaming stuff when we recommend it, but we're going to watch it. Yeah, I think that's a good call, especially because then it also lets us plan ahead, right? What, what, which movie was it? We were like, we're going to watch this. And we we're like, we're not going to each yeah. pay $15 to watch yeah. this. <laughs> and, and to plug this, not an ad, but Just Watch is a great app. Hmm. To watch, you put in the movie and... It's great because it'll show you if it's streaming, if it's rentable, where you can buy it. Um, and also, when you're in the app, you can search for what's popular, and you can find what's popular people are searching, and you can look it up. What's the name of it? Just just Watch. Cool. Thanks for that tip. It's perfect. It's, great. it's it a great tool to help me find things I need to find streaming. Okay. Well, final thing before we uh, leave is I want to say happy Indigenous Peoples Day. I'm yes. wearing my uh, yearly... Uh, I wear this on Indigenous People Day, and often I wear it around Thanksgiving too. And I'll show you. Ten. Let's see. <laughs> That's great. So it's my yeah, it's my my favorite shirt. Um, so I hope everybody uh, honors our history uh, honor our this people. week. Mm -hmm. Honor our people Their and our struggle. Mm -hmm. And <sighs> we will raise hell next week. When Kendon, what will we be? Will it be Bach?